Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the roundtable discussion podcast where we talk about the classics. My name is Chase, and I will be your mostly quiet producer. Today, we dive into one of the oldest pieces of literature in the Western canon, Beowulf. Just as a note, we had a little trouble with Ryan's audio this time around. Uh, the episode is still perfectly listenable, though. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do so at our network Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia. You can also find our website with a link to our merch store at shakespearepod.com. And now, on with the show. I'm happy to be talking to all y'all again. Me too. It's been too long. Fact. It's been since November. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, uh, through the Christmas holiday, I got a new record player, which is super exciting. Very cool. That is. I haven't had a record player in a long time. Of course, I have to restart all my vinyl collection because my records were in my parents' house when it burnt down. Oh, no. So, I'll do it. Are you going to become a spin master? No, I just like to listen to them. Mix, mix it up? No, I don't. I don't. Wicka, 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 wicka. No record scratches. On purpose, uh-huh. at least. Counterpoint. Wicka, wicka, wicka. <laughs> <laughs> you make a strong argument. Rebuttal to the counterpoint. Waka, wicka, waka, waka. Mm, intriguing. But yeah, I got I got Prince and Zeppelin Four to start back up again. So, I mean, that's good. Nice. I saw that picture you had on Facebook of Prince spinning, and I was like, oh, that's not bad. If you want, I still have my vinyl copy of the Xanadu soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I, I'm I, I know you're not. That's why it's funny. Look, I used to have the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack on vinyl, but that was also destroyed in the fire. So, but many everybody things. have a good and uh, safe Christmas holiday. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We stayed home. We met up with my parents in Wapakoneta in the parking lot of a Walmart to swap it's gifts. A halfway mark. To swap gifts. Um, we were going to try to do it at like the Neil Armstrong Space Museum and, um, I don't know, have a little more space. But then my son decided that about 10 minutes before we were to get to that location, the one thing that I needed was to scrub vomit out Ooh. of my car <sighs> in a Walmart parking lot. Okay. For the 10 minutes that I was going to see my parents in like 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's a bummer. Other than that, it's been—I know it was a bummer. That's a <laughs> poor bummer. Jamie, though. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. yeah. I mean, nobody was happy about it. He, no, he just gets car sick. Apparently, nobody <laughs> wins. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. And we would have never known before because he usually can't stay awake on car rides. Mm. But he did. But that fateful trip also got me. I got the full-size Diagon Alley. Lego set. Ooh, very nice. Super stoked. It's going to be the biggest build I've ever done. It's bigger than Hogwarts. It's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. That's very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It will probably be on the shelves behind us when we next video chat. Excellent. How about you guys? What awesome presents did you get? Um, I got a drone. Nice. Pretty neat. Oh, no. I, I, I started to mess around with it today. Um, realized I had no control over it when I almost hit my upstairs neighbor's car. Mm. Um, so I, 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 I grabbed it from the sky. It bit me. So I feel like I'm a true dr- drone owner now because I do have a drone related injury. <laughs> um, 
and I'll probably, if there is a not terribly bitter cold day, I will go out to like Winter Garden over lunch at some point and take it. Yeah, for, it was colder today than it was yesterday. Yesterday was a little bit nicer than it was today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when I got that, uh, Cassie made me a lovely Ghostlight Media ceramic sign. I saw that. Oh, yes, it I looks did. Great. It's right here. Oh, like that's four lovely. Four into ceramics. Uh, I got look, a standing embroidery hoop that I am very excited about. Yay. What are you going to embroider next? Um, Most of my embroidery is in preparation for Christmas presents. So most of it's done, except that... I still have a handful that I have to do. I found a little design that's a, a dumpster on fire, and it says 2020 <laughs> on the front. Nice. Um, and it's to make little hanging ornaments, and I only just got the ornament frames in, and I've still got, like, four of those I have to finish. But they're really small, so I don't know that I need to bust out the standing embroidery hoop for those. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I'm sure you'll come up with some wicked large something. I do have a bigger design that I uh, haven't worked on for a while because it's the most complicated design I've ever done. And I'm stitching it on linen instead of like cross stitch fabric. And I made a mistake Fuck that, that I didn't it. notice. And it's a mandala pattern, which means that if one section is off a little bit, it throws off the whole design. So Everything. it's not like. Yeah. Um, and so I, I still have to like go through the agony of unpicking like three sections of that, which I've not no. been able to bring myself to do to okay. start. Um, Let me just buy you some new linen. Start off a little from. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> but that's eventually in my future. Maybe I'll finish that project. We'll yeah. see. I have a standing embroidery hoop now, so. Yeah. I can feel like a Jane Austen heroine sit by the window. Oh, Embroider. That sounds lovely. Doesn't Get a it? cup of tea, but not too close to the linen. Not too close to the linen. And then with some kind of awful, like, true crime documentary playing in the background because that's my cross-stitching ambient noise at least until they get more uh, seasons of 60 days in and i'm not watching more you you might though i'm not what is 60 days 60 days in is a reality show that is on uh there is the fifth season only is on netflix right now but it is about they take six people and put them into a jail and they have to be in this jail pretending to be inmates for 60 days. Uh, and while they're there, they need to be, they're given their, you know, missions like tell us about gang activity. Tell us who's got drugs and how they're getting them in. Tell us, uh, how the detention officers are doing things like that. And then at the end of the 60 days, they pull them out. And like, if they stay in so long, they get X amount of money. Um, so they're getting paid to snitch pretty much. Yes. Yeah. At, for TV. And they were, uh, there is this one season on, and my, um, we were, we were at family's house. We, you know, all, you know, done the swabs and everything. Uh, we all got tested. Everybody was safe, but we were there and they had this on and we didn't want to watch it, but it was the only thing that was on. And so we all started watching it. We were all very like, and then we got home last night and Cassie's like we've got to finish it. We got to finish the season. I had to find out what happened that, to Vivian, okay? Vi that's look. that's that's how I finished Tiger King. It's not that I wanted to. 
sometimes these things happen and you just have to. Yeah. Which is a fair point because Tiger King kind of ends eh. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I like the climax of that 60, show is like around the middle of the sh- of the season. Sixty days in. Yeah, season five is Might available on Netflix it. right now. It's you know it is it is your. It's not really worth your time. Like but, I can't okay. recommend that you watch it. But on the other hand, I c- can't think of anything better to have on in the background and kind of pay attention to. Uh, Criminal Minds, which is what I was cross stitching everything else to. Yeah, fair enough. I was trying to find a good true crime, like, podcast to listen to while doing Mm -hmm. the variety of things that I was doing over Christmas vacation, and I couldn't get into any of them. Hmm. Because eventually, I'm just like, "Mm, it's unbelievable. I don't believe this happened. (laughs) Have you ever listened to Limetown, Beth? Mm. No. Limetown? You need to listen to Limetown. Perfect. It is... It will change your listening experiences. Have you listened to both seasons? I've listened to the whole thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, do you guys know who else had kind of an unbelievable true crime happening in their uh, in their kingdom, in their who's, mead hall? Who's was that? It, was it Hrothgar? It was Hrothgar! Thank God Beowulf was there to help us out. Bro, oh. tell me we still know how to speak of kings. That's sorry, I had to. It's the opening line of the Headley translation, Bruh. bro. Bruh. Well, because like we'll get into it with language because obviously this uh, language is crucial to discussing Beowulf. But we are on the Shakespeare podcast. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley <laughs> and distracted. I'm Chase Greenley. <laughs> <laughs> attempting to keep my wife from being distracted. And we're talking about Beowulf. Uh, yeah, we are. Which isn't Shakespeare, but... but. Well, it's season two, and all bets are off. And all bets are off. That should be our tagline. Shakespeare, season literature. two, all bets are off. There you go. Yeah, so we're just going to talk about a bunch of uh, different literary works, and why not the... First? First English work... Like yeah. this is this is it. This is the granddaddy of of them all. This is the I the... want to know when you all were first introduced to Beowulf. Cuz the school. the Sean Haney um edition that I read that I think we all read. Uh It's Seamus. Seamus she- Haney. Yes, yep. sorry. Seamus misread that. Um, said something in his introduction where he was like, and college literature classes everywhere introduce people to this. So I'm curious to know when you first read Beowulf. If- so I I know I first read it in junior high. Mrs. Douglas from Bellbrook Junior High. She was awesome. She had us read um, Grendel by John Gardner. I've read Grendel. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, and after reading Grendel, then I read Beowulf because, like, we went over what the story was, but that was her introduction. But you took that upon yes. yourself to read Beowulf. It wasn't assigned to you in junior high? No, I don't think it was assigned to me until college. Okay. I think that it was assigned to me because it's a short. It's short. Yeah, probably junior high or high school um, was my introduction to it. Uh but not the whole text. Right. 
you know, like you, a like partial text, and that's you. It's, you had the ex- mm-hmm. everybody gets stuck reading is what is the nineteen sixty three translation or whatever that's like plagued academia for the last you know sixty years or whatever that is in you know what high school textbooks that it goes into and is often utilized for college courses well, that go over Shakespeare or you know, uh, Beowulf and there's like two stories that happen in Beowulf so like I remember we focused just on the first story of Beowulf and you don't even focus on the full thing because who cares about Hrothgar most of what you get to in high school at least in like early like unless you're going in depth is they talk about up to Grendel getting defeated by Beowulf is usually like yeah. that's what's covered. They don't go into the things that happen after that. You don't the tapestry that is woven with all of the threads to pull. You don't hear yeah, about you know you don't you deep. don't get into a lot of what you know like Grendel's mother or the fifty years that Beowulf is king in, of the Geats following. Geats. Uh, following that, or, or Beowulf's death, you know, yeah, at the I end. I was assigned this in high school, in senior English in high school. But I was assigned a lot of really weird-ass things in senior year English. Because Did you take an my, AP English class? My school didn't do AP classes. Okay. Um, I took honors English, senior honors English. Okay, well, that, um, that makes sense then. It wasn't like full AP, but it was a slightly more elevated class. But my teacher was obsessed with like weird random classics. So we had a very strange, eclectic collection of assignments in that class. I know we read Beowulf. I know we read Chaucer. Uh, I know we, we read a lot of stuff that... I feel like most high schoolers aren't given to read. I think Canterbury Canterbury Tales was yeah. one of my English textbooks in high school. Um, uh, but you, but, you get a, a very abridged version of it, you know, through through high school. But um, I remember spending a lot of time on Beowulf in high school. There's a lot uh, for being a for being a short poem. There is a lot here. Otherwise, yeah, it wouldn't is. be. Otherwise, it wouldn't be one of the most translated works in the English language. But it's. But see, there's the thing. It's not that translated. There are a lot of old translations and things like that. Um, the original. But it wasn't. It wasn't translated or made widely available to like 1815. Well, yeah. Um, and but you can get access. You can actually see the original still. Where's it at? Uh, I mean, I do remember here. It's at a museum. Oh, good. Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit. It's where it belongs. It does. It belongs in a museum. Well, I mean, because Cassie and I have gone to a pretty cool library museum once. It was um, probably the nerdiest thing we've ever done. Yeah, it was the British Library. It was awesome. I'm trying to remember where physically... Like Gale Rare is. Books Library was also pretty cool. Yeah, except that I got scurried through it by your brother, who gave us like eight minutes. It was the whistle stop tour, but we did see a Gideon Bible. 
Yeah. But it, we, he you was mean like, Gutenberg? Yes, yes Gutenberg. Gutenberg. Thank you. We were in and out in like 10 minutes because Chad was like hitting all the bullet points of the Yale Rare Books Library. And then he's like, and we're done. And I'm like, but there's no, there's so many other things I wanted to see. This is what I could be here all see? day. The Folgers was pretty cool as far as nerdy book museums go. Mm-hmm. The Folgers in DC is kind of neat because there's a folio there. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the manuscript is, um, but it has been translated, and it has to be because nobody speaks Old English anymore. Um, yeah, it's by like eight, 1815, so you've got like 800 years where nobody's reading it. Well, yeah, and it was it was originally not reading it. It was originally written in in between, like there was like a 50 year span. Like nine seventy five AD to like nine twenty or ten twenty five AD, um, where the poem was written, um, but it is written about five hundred years previous, um, sixth century AD Scandinavia, um, and it was re- eventually basically it was written down from oral tradition of yeah. the story of Beowulf. King of the Geats, uh, in the same manner as the the sagas that were eventually written, especially you know, like by Snorri Sturluson. Um, would you would you say Eddas, that the, Beowulf's father yeeted the Geat when he kicked Beowulf out to go across the sea? Sure, we could say that. Yeet the Geat. <laughs> Yeet the Geat. Um, Gotland in in modern day Sweden would be where the Geats uh, were from. So. Let's get into what actually happens in Beowulf. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, the beginning of the play, we talk, or poem, we talk about Shield Sheepson, uh, the father of the Danes. Um, and everything, and it goes down, and he had sons, and his sons, and one of those sons, I think it was the grandson of Shield was a fellow by the name of Frothgar, who started in war. He turned to war first. And oh. war war was his first love. All of these names are super fun to say, too. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a good section of bagats that's like cheating at Scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hrothgar means, I think it's like glory spear or something in, in, uh, old Norse. <laughs> Is that what she calls it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Cassie's mad that Chase laughed at that. <laughs> and I do want to, want to point something out. We were talking, I was reading this in the car, right? And, uh, my brother-in-law said something that immediately raised my hackles because I, I mentioned that this was a side-by-side translation that we we read. So it's got the old English on one side and then it's got the, the modern English on the other. And uh, he said something about, yeah, when I was in high school, we read Romeo and Juliet like that, where it had the old English on one side and it had the modern English on the other. This is actually Old English. Beowulf is legitimately Old English. Shakespeare is Modern English. And so if you're sitting there thinking that Shakespeare is Old English, I want you to go find... Yeah, Shakespeare's not even Middle English. English. Shakespeare is Modern English. No. No. I mean, you can pronounce it, but you're going to sound weird. Yeah, you can kind of... You can look at some of it and get... Get the... uh, Get what's, what's... 
written at least a little bit. Um, you know, him on fierce glomp. My English teacher in high school did play for us a recording of someone reading this in Old English because there are still people out there who study it and can pronounce things as as written down and this is this is what i go to whenever people start talking about shakespeare being old english because it's It's not it's not even modern english English. no it's modern english this is old english yeah like you can get you know spear danes from from geradagum and you can get shield sheepson from skilled scaffing you know but can you? It, you can. I mean, you know, it helps if you've already seen a translation of the work. But you know, having that, having that, you know, after knowledge to go back and look at the, you can look at the old English and understand, like, oh, okay, I can see how how we got here. Um, but yeah. So, Prothgar eventually settles down, builds, builds a mead hall called Herot. a bar. Uh, where his warriors can, you know, party and hang out and they're going to feast and, and uh, you know, he gives his... He's a very generous king. Um, so I read the name of this mead hall as Hero Rot, which it's not. It's Herot. <laughs> Herot, yeah. But it looks like Hero Rot to me, and it makes sense to me that these old men would gather together in this hall and just drink beer. To, to rot. rot. To rot their life away. Hero rot. So King King Hrothgar built his hero rot, and right away, right away, there's a problem. Well, because where they decided to build it uh, happens to be close to the home of the monster of colonizers, the story, Grendel. Got a bad case of the Grendels. And Grendel <laughs> Grendel doesn't like the noise coming down from uh, from the mead hall. Bad neighbors um, moved in. What you gonna do? Pisses him off. He's not happy about it. He's so, gonna go destroy them. Yes, once he's gonna do something about it. Um, he starts wrecking shit up. So, Grendel is attacking for twelve fucking years. Yeah, it, yeah, he's twelve. He, Years now. He remember that off, when we tell you, you know, how long it takes Beowulf to finish him. Mm-hmm. Twelve years. Well, the the Hrothgar and his Danes are not super keen on asking for outside help until it's gotten to the point where they can't fucking. They're they're done. They can't do shit about it anymore. They are not getting anything off that insurance policy yeah. anymore. So. How many men did he have to have for Grendel to steal a man a night for twelve years? Oh, he had a ton of men. He had, well, he had armies. This is this is we're talking about a successful king. I mean, yeah, we're looking at you know six se- so 3, sixth 000... century Scandinavian warlord let's, let's, here. Let's just—it's about four thousand men over twelve years lost. Four thousand men. Mm-hmm. Before he says anything. Before he asks for help. That's we well, can't show weakness, Beth. I'm sorry, but that's some that's some Trump action right there. That's some <laughs> small dick energy. So eventually, uh Beowulf, who is a hero, uh son of Hygeliac of the Geats, <laughs> hears that 
Hrothgar needs help. You know, they interrupt him in the middle of slaying sea monsters. Like, hey, this guy's got a real monster problem over here, and uh, we need you to go over to Denmark and show these show these Danes what the Geats can do. So Beowulf rounds up a posse, and they head to Denmark. It's like 12 men. Yeah. 4,000 men have gone missing over 12 years. And Beowulf's like, uh, I'll just take my high school, like, my English class <laughs> with me. I just need, like, I think 12 of them. Jerry's still got the uh, the Volkswagen minibus. We'll just pile in there. That's what, oh my god, why didn't I think about that? It's really, it's really about the space. And who was willing to pitch in for gas? I mean. It's a road trip. Yeah. Ass gas. Leader of petrol so. Nobody rides for free. Gas ass or grit. They ride up in this ship armed to the teeth. Yeah, these uh, And the the Danes are like, "Uh, what do you we don't what do you need? I we don't need this." They're ready to throw down. The boasting that happens from straight off the boat, I think is where Cassie's going. <laughs> Cuz the Danes are like, "Uh, who the fuck do you think you are? Can you put your guns away? We do not need that here." And he's like, "Nope, I'm a geek." Geek geek. Geek geek is a habit. I'm here to I'm here to fucking kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm all out of bubblegum. I'm out of bubblegum. Yeah. So he comes in riding hard telling everybody how amazing he is and how they should be just like licking his boots that the Danes have come. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got this, Hrothgar. Danes are here. Well, no, the Danes are Hrothgar's people. The Geats. The Geats are here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Geats are here. Geats are at the gate. The Geats. We got Geats Geats at at the the gate. Oh, the Geats are at the gate. (laughs) <laughs> they're here to help they're That's here to help nice though this time sentiment. so they so, they spend some time i think that they uh, want they want to meet hrothgar and the danes basically say okay you can't go meet our king with all these swords because that no. that shit all right fine <laughs> and beowulf's like okay cool. okay okay cool, man. we'll leave it all cool. out here cool 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 so they go in, they meet Hrothgar and Herat, and they get filled in on the uh, Grendel problem. And. What? There's a lot of formalities oh, and stuff. Well, yeah. They have to do swords and shields and dance on top of tables and things like that for a while first. There's a feast. Yeah, Beowulf. Doesn't Beowulf tell a story? At this point, yeah, there's the, well, he has to tell uh, the tale I of the think... sea monsters that he was slaying. Yeah. Yeah, and then he does, like, okay, listen. I understand you want to make a good impression on this guy. But, first of all, the, this is not the first time in this epic poem that it is heavily implied that Beowulf can breathe underwater. Uh, for a long time, yeah. Well, he's he's considered... Yep. For five he's days, He's considered one of the Ryan. supernatural creatures in this in this poem. He, there are, there are four right? there are four supernatural creatures in this poem, and Beowulf is one of them. Um, yes. Grendel, Beowulf, uh, Grendel's mother, and the dragon. Um, though there's some really interesting things that... Uh, as far as interpretations and stuff that can be made about some of that, that I would, would love to talk about when we get back to that in the second half. Um, 
but yeah so he's he's a supernatural creature he is not a normal dude he is not a normal human he is la superiora but he's he's saying to hrothgar listen i'm gonna deal with your grendel problem and if i don't don't mourn for me it was meant to be that way we're gonna meet and we're gonna one of us is gonna kill the other and it's gonna be as god intended it and because of that i am going to meet him in hand-to-hand combat I will not use my sword. I'm going to use my immense strength. I will defeat and him gonna, with my bare hands or with I'm nothing. I'm going to use my immense strength to save you. And I feel like it at is. that point it's just showing Oh, it is. Off, it's man. a flex. Like, I know that the entire flex. Dane army, all of them, have been trying to kill Grendel. But you know what? I could do it with um, two days, no weapons. I'm going to do it with my fucking bare hands. Just... Just what the mom gave me. I'm, I'm here with what Odin gave me, and that's what I'm taking. Yep. So, <laughs> everybody kind of settles down for the night. They're all quietly just waiting to see if Grendel will come. And eventually he does, of course. He strikes. Of course he does, because there's some noise that's been made. That, you know, the, there's a feast he that just happens. has a headache. They do the feast, actually, to, to draw oh, him he out. He just has a headache. He um, he just wants to sleep. That's that's kind of part of their plan. Is like, hey, let's you know, this guy gets pissed off when you have a feast. Well, let's uh, let's make some fucking noise. They have a Motley Crew cover band. It's a terrible way to <laughs> like. Nobody's gonna have fun. Everybody. Grendel gonna... rock these boys. <laughs> Thank you, Chase. Thank you. Oh, I'm... Uh, I, I respect I'm that. With you. It it was a long walk. Yeah. I'm glad I took yeah. it. Was it, though? Are you, though? Yes and yes. So, Grendel, this night, chooses a geet to eat. Well, he's got to try something different. There's something, you know, the seasoning's a little, a little bit different. Bit different. Um, and Beowulf mm-hmm. and he get into an epic battle where fingers are cracked and smashed and all sorts of gross things. And, like, the fight is a good long fight. Oh yeah, it lasts. It lasts yeah. quite it lasts a bit. Quite a bit. Um, but they, in the end struggle, he rips off Grendel's arm. He he rips Grendel's arm clean, clean off. off, and Grendel scurries, yeah, just scurries like, away into the night. Well, yeah, bleeding bleeding out from you know, his shoulder, where literally, <laughs> like a fucking like a drumstick, you know. <laughs> Rips that fucking thing right out of the socket. And if Grendel's and, been cooked low and slow, it should just come right off. Yeah, but this is raw meat we're talking about here. He literally, you know, like this is ripping off a chicken wing that's still attached to the bird and it hasn't been cooked at what all. What do you call it when you cut out the spine of a chicken before you cut it before you cook it? Spatchcock. Is it kinda like that? Yeah, except he didn't rip his spine out. It probably would have been over a lot faster. No, he'll do other gross stuff. Also, the next fight might not have happened. So, Grendel scurries away, and Beowulf's like, I got the arm! Woo! I'm king of the Danes! Not quite. Not not exactly. But yeah, he, uh, he, he rips the fucking arm off. But... That's not the end no, of the problems. No, so all of the days are celebrating the next here. day. They're so excited. Grendel's 
dead. And I really wish right now, like, has anybody else gone to the Ohio Renaissance Festival? Okay. I've not yes. been to Ohio, no. So there's a troupe down there. They are the Theater in the Mud. And they do... Bay- yes. Okay. I'm talking about that later. Okay, we'll talk about it later. But every time we talk about Grendel, I just want them to go, Grendel, Grendel, woohoo! Grendel, Grendel. Yeah, you know, it's only the greatest adaptation Here, of Beowulf. Period. I had it on DVD, stuff. just so you know, I had to buy it. Had to buy it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, the Danes are all celebrating the next day. Hrothgar's uh, minstrel has already made up a song for Beowulf. It's He's just kind of like grabbed another song that's um, Sigmund and the dragon, and he's changed it just a little bit. Change change yeah. the words around. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to, you know, a good scold has to have something ready to go at a moment's it's notice. It's, like, just like that. Um, but here we've taken... And writing a solid Like, he epic. is one of, uh, Sigmund is one of the Danes' highest heroes. Yeah, uh, familiar to, in the in the Germanic, uh, Sigurd, yeah. uh, Ring of the Nibelung. I'm sorry. So. What's a Nibelung? Nibelung, Ring of the Nibelung. Nope. The Ring Cycle. Okay. You know, Wagner. Kill the rabbit. Yes, kill the rabbit. All right. Yeah, so Sigmund and Fafnir, the dragon... Um, so now it's, he's, he's taking some creative license and changing it into Beowulf and Grendel. And Hrothgar gives thanks and everybody's happy and there's more drinking and more boasting and everybody is like every small thing that any Dane or any Geet did during this battle is being hoisted up as like the most important cool. Oh yeah. They're getting, they're getting their own. Yeah. They're getting their own verses. Tis a certain. Um. And and yeah, here's my here's my thing with this poem. We could summarize this very quickly. Beowulf's a great hero. He fights a monster named Grendel. Then he fights Grendel's mother. Then he becomes king for a while, and then he defeats a dragon. That's the bear. That's the ultimately, ultimately, yeah. The, that's that's the. This, this poem is is three thousand lines long, and it's because we get sequences like this. We read about the battle with Grendel, and then we read the poem that the bard sings about the battle with Grendel, and then later Beowulf recounts for everybody the battle you know with why? Grendel. So we're reading it you know three why? times. Winners are why? long in Scandinavia, <laughs> and you've got to have something to do to keep yourself entertained. They didn't have TV. They didn't have books <laughs> like we I- do. They didn't have video games. They couldn't get on and play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I... They needed a good scold to spend all winter telling them a goddamn story. So this is exactly the reason. <laughs> they needed that. If you hang out times. with Ryan, myself, John, a couple other old people, and we're drinking, and it's cold outside, we start talking about all the shit that we've done before, and we'll tell the same story six different times within one night. Because it gives yep. us something to do while we're drinking. Warm. I now understand. Yep. Thanks, Ryan. I didn't know why we did that. It was dumb, but I kept doing it anyway. It's it's part it's part of the it's part of the cultural we, heritage. We are, we are skulls. 
Yeah. So I mean, but really, that is why that is why it happens. Is is it's not not necessarily to pad it out because it needs the length, but to pad it out because they would tell this story. This story would have been told over multiple nights around, you know, at like Yule tide, uh, you know, or something like that, or or at a feast time in the you know in the cold you know cart cold dark or. Also, uh, you know, a long a long voyage on the whale road going from Iceland to you know Nova Scotia, you know, or or Newfoundland, you know, uh, they would be the scald would be on the longship telling this tale. Let me tell you about the epic tale of Beowulf the Geat, you know. And I get that completely. It's just that yep. it happened it, yesterday. Yeah, but but the, but this poem was written three hundred, four hundred years later. I, I know. It's just like if you if you only look at yeah. this within the context of the world, this literally happened six hours ago, and we've already told it in song, and now Beowulf is reliving it. Hey, you guys want to hear oh, about sure. that this cool is, thing well, I did this is the last recap. night? You know, like, uh, you know, we're starting the poem again the next or it's day. Like, uh... So I have to tell you what happened. You turn on Sports Center yeah, the day the after, ten. and they're showing that it's instant replay. I never went to you know. football parties like, after listen. football games, because I'm a nerd. But in the movies, they are always recounting the football game that just happened. That they literally that they just literally played. they literally just played. You've been well. You've you've been to you've been to well, and, theater parties though, cast parties that happen after shows. The show literally I just have. ended. I'm not, and everybody's sitting in the basement singing through yeah. the whole show again. <laughs> I'm there. No, I know. And listen, there was definitely a period of time in my childhood where my brothers and I watched Into the Woods every single day for three weeks until the VHS tape mysteriously disappeared. Wendy. Not so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was definitely my dad. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I also was blaming. Have been blaming your mother oh, this no, whole no, time. No. no, it was dad who snapped ah! and, and hid the tape. Not so they mysterious. They know Bravo played it all the because, time. Because mom could escape to the office and go to work, and dad worked from home, mm. <laughs> and so dad was. He's the, the one, one who had to, to listen to it. the goddamn wolf. Yeah, so, like, I get it. Absolutely. There are toddlers in the room. They want to hear the story again. <laughs> you know, I'm just amused well, by well, yeah, this but We're, all, we're also looking of... back uh, a thousand years later um, after this was written. Well, and like I said, this was an oral tradition uh, carried down for 500 years before it was written down. Ryan, um, I want you. And it was written I want down. You to admit that right, so you you know this didn't really happen, right? Some of these events could potentially have happened, though not in the way that they have been embellished to the point where this is. It's oral tradition. It's a tall tale. Okay, it's, I just uh, needed to hear you say it's like it's like it's like Paul Paul Bunyan. It doesn't mean that there was not necessarily some sort of historical basis that caused this story Ryan. to come. But yes, they're, you know, like to spice it up for the next time they've got to give this speech. Well, yeah, let's throw in a fucking okay. dragon. I just wanted to now. know that you knew <laughs> there was no real dragons. Look. Well, this is where this is where we're overlapping slightly with my other podcast that I'm on, where we talk about fairy tales. 
Um, because our introductory episode to that podcast was really looking at like the different types of oral tradition stories that are out there in the world. And we talked about legends, which a legend is at some point in the past, there was a seed of truth of historical event. So yes, there was a man named Arthur at one point, but... There wasn't a wizard named Merlin. There wasn't a sword being pulled out of the stone. There was no, and Merlin. You know, Merlin was a Welsh name and... that you know could you know a lot of people had Ap, Ap Merlin or son of Merlin. You know, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. Lot a lot of, of brothers, brothers with that name. name. <laughs> but this is the same sort of deal. This is let me gather you around the campfire and tell the tale of this great hero. And it gets embellished, it gets passed down, and then eventually it's recorded, and that's what we have now to look at. And that has been true of every culture and every Well, and society. actually, one of the, you know, one of the things like the things about this is like recited properly. Like, there's still a primal stirring. Like when when some of these, you know, like it can get you excited to listen to you know a, a proper recitation of Beowulf. Or at least it can to me, and it it reminds me of of one of my favorite authors, fantasy author David Eddings. There's a part where there's an epic poem that he's talking about, and like the guy who's from that culture that this epic poem is it's in like their old English of their language, basically. And he's like wrapped fascination because somebody is reciting this you know poem, and he's like he's like and this is a man of the class. He's like it doesn't matter. Like there's still a primal stirring inside of me when I hear this done properly. That like. It's a cultural, like, it passes down, like, almost genetically the stories of our past, like our, our tall tales and fables and things like that. And how obsessed we are with it. Yeah, there. the Arthurian myth being a huge part of that. Um, I just need you to stop using the word primal stirring. <laughs> no, that's, that's my new band. Primal stirring. <laughs> I hope that your primal stirring like cover art is just like a lady with a cup just a, and a just a cauldron just stirring <laughs> just a cauldron. stirring her tea just stirring the tea. But anyway, this epic battle goes down. Hrothgar is super pleased. He's generous. He calls Beowulf like the son of his heart. Gifts to are given. Restore the meat hall. So his real kid is sitting right there. <laughs> Wilger. Is his real kid? He's sitting right there. He's like Wilger, Wilger, Wilger. Go get Beowulf, son of my heart, the one I really like. Uh, go get him like eight horses with like real pretty bridles on them. Wilger, Wilger, give him uh, give him that 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 breastplate that your mom got you for my Christmas. dog. My dog is, is apparently barking at nothing. So if you hear him, that's just bones, bones. It's aliens in the parking lot. But they restore the mead hall in like one day and they mount the trophy of Grendel's arm above the throne. And yeah. All of these rewards are offered and and Beowulf is going to take the rewards home to his father. Then the minstrel performs again and we get like we get the tale of the Yeats then? The Utes? Yeah, it goes these, on for a while. These, these I'm two Utes. Gonna, not gonna lie to you. Didn't really read the part of <laughs> That's isn't that Didn't really just... do the play within a play deal. So I had a professor 
uh, his name was Robert Meyer. He's terrible and he's retired. He would be the dickhead professor whose pop quiz, and he gave one every day. Every It's not a pop quiz yeah, that's, it's every that's day. Just that's an, just an assignment. An expected quiz. I hate you, but he called it a pop quiz. So his quizzes were about footnotes. Oh, God. And uh, he would have, the quiz would not have been about Beowulf or what happened in Beowulf. The quiz would have been about the minstrels. The quiz would have been about the the That's footnote that Seamus Haney wrote, or that well, it's the, the side margins. Yeah, for, it would in, be. The sh- in the in the Haney translation, it be, it's like, the side margins. Yeah, he would. It's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does it Chicago style. Yep. So it's all on the side, and yeah, it would have been about that. What does Haney on page twenty say is given to it? Like it's. Yep. It would have been like that. No, that's Oof. terrible. I you do not need to read that poem to know what's going on in this. Book no, it doesn't. It, doesn't. it does not affect the grand scheme of anything. Um, and in fact, there was just a pleasant murmur when it was done, so it wasn't even that good. <laughs> yeah, nobody got super excited about that poem for sure. They were like, "Yay!" And then the queen. Did you know there was a woman in this play? In this play? In this book? In this? Book? Yeah, well, keep actually, doing it. one of the things that I love about where. Um, Maria Headley is going with hers, and I can't wait to actually finish reading the entirety of that. Um, is more feminist, uh, a form more feminist telling of Beowulf because there are female characters. There's Wealtho, um, there is Grendel's mother. Um, they're very limited, very few, but that doesn't mean that there can't be more to to them. True. And a lot of the a lot of the translations gloss over them, or, or like in the terms of Grendel's mother, refer to her as 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 a monster as well. Um, She's a monster. not necessarily. She fights with weapons, and the the translation of the word that she's called in the poem does not translate to monster. It just simply you know it's used to even describe. It's a feminized version of the u- word used to describe Beowulf himself. The hero, so yeah, badass bitch. So it's it's not necessary that she's actually a monster. It's actually not necessary that Grendel's a monster. Um, but uh, a lot of people paint. You know, a lot of the a lot of the translations are of her being a monster, but that's not necessarily the case. We'll yeah, yeah, and I really want to talk about like. There's a well. lot. There's a lot of this to this poem. Um, that a lot of people, a lot of people will never pick up Beowulf again. If even if they're ever forced to read it, they'll never pick it up again in their entire life. Um, so we're we're coming up in the story to my favorite Seamus Haney footnote, <laughs> which I'm sure Cassie knows exactly what it is. Do I? It's just bedtime at Hero Rot. <laughs> That's how he breaks down. There's like a page with nothing, and then just bedtime at Hero Rot. It's his nice way of saying they're going to. Well, sleep. yeah, the the. I like the next one, which is like another lines. threat is lurking. Yeah, the, the, in the plays night. the play poem. I know we're going to keep doing it because we're used to talking about plays. Um, we did it when we talked about Dickens as well. Um, but the poem is broken into some sections, not as neatly as 
uh, a Christmas Carol was, you know, where that was that was purposely broken into sections. Um, but this does have some kind of pause spots in it. Is it? It a doesn't happen in three days. It happens in three days. Beowulf gets there. They kill Grendel. Beowulf is king for oh, fifty I just years. The first part. <laughs> <laughs> like he kills Grendel. There's no wedding on the day three. So no I just didn't know. Oh, okay. Just he doesn't. I just check and make sure Grendel's mom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they they have this day of victorious celebration, and they go to sleep thinking everything's peachy keen, all's right with the world, no more danger here. Little do they know. Pissed off Grendel's mama. Yeah, well, you know, you ripped her kid's arm off. There was danger. Yeah, it was rude. Kid's dying. She is now on the warpath. And she comes and she catches them unawares. And starts well, yeah. destroying shit. They never think of the mothers. And she fucks shit up. Don't piss off the moms. And Beowulf isn't there. Beowulf was elsewhere, is what the poem says. He grabbed an Airbnb on the other side of town. Yeah, no. He, that, I'm sure that he didn't have to pay for his stay, if you know what I mean. But yeah, she shows up, she takes Grendel's arm, because it's just rude. Well, yeah, I mean, come on, it's her son's arm, it's not supposed to be a war prize, right? He was using yeah, it. I... And she starts killing people. And uh, so they summon Beowulf. Like, hey, um, we, got, we, got, we got more bad shit we going got on trouble. Here. We've got a situation. Right here in Hirat City. No! <laughs> that worked too well! Oh. I can't believe Ryan is the one who just called I know. a musical. I know. No. It hurt. It hurt me. It burns. It burns, oh. precious. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, she snatches nice. down the nice. arm. She kills some folks, and she scurpers off to wherever she came from. And so, so this like, time, don't worry kill. about it. I got this. I'll go. Look, take I care killed the it. son. I can kill the Where mother. Where is she? She's under the sea? Oh, that's okay. Look, I, I got water breathing, water. so I'm cool. That's a feat. I took that. <laughs> I had to pay and a so bunch of XP. He goes in search. <laughs> he goes in search of Grendel's mother. Yeah, so he goes and he dives down to her underwater lair. This time he does take a sword. Well, no, he finds the sword. Yes. Oh, he takes no, one, he but takes yes, one. he loses that one pretty easily. Well, I thought he he takes one, and then the crew that rolls out with him, like, when he assesses the situation, it's like, clearly I need to dive underwater. They give him a well, different sword. Well, no, the sword, sword that he ends up eventually, and, uh, spoiler alert, killing Grendel's mother with is a sword that he finds in her lair. Yeah, no, because but that's, that is yeah. a different sword. The one he brings with him doesn't do It doesn't do, do shit. Right. Well, yeah, okay, so as you progress through any kind of dungeon raid, you're going to find better and better equipment in every room you go through. 
I don't start a quest and end a quest with the same sword. I start a quest with a wooden dagger. I end it with like a six D sword of verbal damage. Verbal, the verbal sword. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, makes you makes you makes you throw up with your mouth. Verbal. (laughs) When you have heartburn, verbal drink. No, when I got the heartburn. So. Beowulf dies under the water. Um, yeah, like the the cave flooding. that she lives in is not <laughs> is not itself uh, submerged. Like he comes out to fight her uh, in a cave, which is where her lair is. Yeah. So it's he has to like he goes and collects stories, which I do think is interesting. He has to find out where she. Yeah, is. he gathers so he intel stories from the people. Of these misshapen, a misshapen woman and a misshapen man-ish thing that live over in the frost forest, whatever that is. I think Chase is running a game about. Yeah, they're beyond the autumnal line. And they go. (laughs) They're beyond it. Um, So he's following the clues of the people. So if we're talking about oral tradition, anyway. Here's mm-hmm. oral tradition inside oral tradition. It's yeah, so yeah, and he gathers. He has to gather the it. stories to be able to find the clues to figure out where she's at before he can track her down in the first place. No, and you're right. It is. It is a you know the story within the story of all these people have their story of how you know how they know where she's at, and he has to gather all that information. So he dives down, fights the mom. Kills her. And what would you do? I don't know. Cut off Grendel's well, corpse's head for no reason? He's gotta make sure. He's gotta have a trophy to take back. Well, she took the arm. He had the hand... Oh, yeah, she well, took the arm. Well, Mom so took he didn't have the that hand anymore. back. It's true. So he's gotta have a trophy. So he cuts off the head, and when he cuts off the head, this like awesome, cool, wicked sword he found at the bottom of the ocean that none but Beowulf could possibly wield melts. Well, yeah. Yep, all he has is the hilt left. left. And he swims back out. And he uh, heads on back to Herat. Goes back to Hrothgar. Alright, your monster son and monster mom problem taken care of now. So unless there's like a weird monster uncle, which I should be expecting. Well, the third one doesn't happen until until way later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that got bad. (laughs) Weird monster uncle. Well, that just. Oh no! Is it like the uncle from Crows and Cressida? He was a monster. No God! No! No! He was a real. He was a real monkle. Nope. No creepy sex uncle. I have written weird monster nice. uncle down as a potential t-shirt idea. Yeet the geet. I also yeet the geet. Uh, yeah, so then he he travels back geet. to Geetland, back to Sweden he goes, where he eventually takes over as king. Uh, he doesn't start as king right away, uh, you know, when he gets back, but he's got all these heroic deeds. They make him the king. Um, you know, the geets asked him to stay, to lead them to be their king. Um, in his own way, he is the king. Nobody getting my Army of Darkness reference. All right. Nope. Nope. You lost me. You lost me there. Well, I'm just thinking, because Rothgar spends a whole lot of time 
telling Beowulf all the dangers of power and how being king's not super great. Well, Beowulf doesn't even necessarily yeah he doesn't necessarily want to be the king. You're beholden to people. And Beowulf's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Don't worry. I got an older brother. It's fine. It's not even a problem. Everybody you're the, else. You're the best dead. option your dad's now. Dead, your brother's dead. Your uncle's dead. Your brother's kid, dead. Dead. You, sir, get up there. Alive. This is a King Ralph moment. <laughs> get in here and lead. Nice. <laughs> um, I loved King Ralph as a kid. That was a great movie. Beowulf, but Beowulf played by John Goodman. I do want this. I mean, what I watched John the Goodman fuck not out of do? it. I'd watch John Goodman as Hamlet. Right? I'd watch him play Hamlet. He's fantastic what? as a senator I, in West Wing. Oh, yeah. I'd watch him go back and reprise Harry Potter. Um, excuse you. He is the president. But jo- John Goodman eventually for two, under the for two episodes. <laughs> he wouldn't fit. But he is America's Dan Aykroyd. I've said it for years. He's America's John Dan Goodman. Aykroyd. National treasure. Yeah. Okay. So Beowulf goes back across the sea and has to tell his story again. Yep. Just in case you wanted, you were afraid. We get season recaps on Beowulf. Well, you know, he's got to fill in the next just... the next bit of people that don't know all the awesome shit that he did. But we go from, like, Beowulf telling his dad all of the things he's done to literally, like, maybe... A hundred to two hundred. Because well, nothing important happened during that time. Ruled. Once you've beaten monster and monster, hey, well, mom, he was just like, a king. Anything else really compare? One thing. God, it's yeah. At that point, he's just line. a king. He's like, yeah, I'm just a king. Yeah, he's just a king. The title card even, comes I'm up even, fifty years I don't later. Be a hero anymore? I'm just a king. I'm fucking lame. And then the ground starts to shake. And there's terror. They ramp it up. They do a pretty they good ramp job it up. of like... Yeah, they ramp it up. Building up the climax there. Yeah. Yeah. I bet this is the part where everybody's drunk and the bard's just oh, yeah. real Yeah, this is, this is like he's delivering... Uh, you know, like this is, this is, you know, ancient Scandinavian St. Crispin's Day. Fucking... Like, he's picked out a woman in the audience. He's taken home. And only her. He's telling the story to her. And only her. It's going down. It's going down it's tonight. But yes. Up from the Somebody depths. went into the dragon's goddamn treasure and took something. Smog doesn't wake up till somebody gets in his treasure trove. This dragon. So many other dragons. They don't hurt yeah, anybody and there's some, until you steal uh, there's some from them. There's some cool interpretation stuff about the dragon. Don't steal um, from dragons. That I like too. Um... That the, you know, this was a, the transformation from a woman uh, into the dragon. Um, the last of her people, you know, dying out and and piling all their treasures, burying all their treasures, and then, let, you know, being in there with their treasures and transforming into the dragon and guarding that horde of, of her people. Uh, well, I guess in the poem it refers in the masculine, but I like the idea that, you know, it could be different. Last survivor of a forgotten race. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
But yeah, somebody steals from the dragon. The dragon's pissed about rightly, it. Rightly so. Beowulf's got some bad vibes. Rightly so. But yeah, Beowulf's got some bad vibes about this. And he says basically the same thing that he said about Grendel 50 years before. He's like, listen, I'm going to go fight this monster. One of us is going to die. Might be me. Look, the Allfather, you know, the, the, the Norns wove the skein of his life. His life is already written. You know, the end The end is going to be what the end is going to be. And if this is what the end is, then he can hide all he wants. It's not going to change anything. So why not embrace it? He becomes really contemplative of his life and of the challenges he's had. So here we get to hear a little bit of what he's done. And it wasn't super uneventful. No, it's a Beowulf, this is your but, life uh, recap. Yeah. One of my favorite interpretations is that the entire poem is actually an elegy to a uh, fallen king, to Beowulf. Uh, including, like, a great tale of his best, and then a tale of everything mm-hmm. else, and why it's so short in the end. Well, because, I mean, Gr- Grendel and Grendel's mom, that's, like, that's the important highlights. Well, and we talk about the bad things he did, some good things he did, accidental killings. One of the one of the things that I really liked that uh, Maria Headley uh, says about this is there are noble characters in the poem of Beowulf, but Beowulf itself is not a noble poem. There are noble characters, but they do a lot of ignoble things. Like there are, there are as a, as a whole, it is not a noble work. Like there's a lot of bad, shady shit that is done, you know, throughout. They're people. It's people. Yeah, they're people. They're human. So uh, he takes a, a retinue of people up to the barrow where the dragon is, and he's preparing. And he to tells fight. the men to stay. And most of them are like, yep, sounds good. Gonna let Beowulf handle this. Because, uh, you know, if if anybody's going to kill the dragon, it's going to be him. I don't even know why we're here. And, and so they, they start all, to leave. They all leave, except for Wiglaf, who stays behind and scolds everybody else for leaving. He is not going to abandon his king. Nope, he w- he won't leave his king he will be there by his side. And so the dragon attacks. He delivers a fatal wound to Beowulf. Beowulf delivers a fatal wound to the dragon. They kill, they kill, they kill each, each other. other. And Beowulf dies in Wiglaf's arms. Wiglaf is there to see the end. It's so sad. You know, and he tells Wiglaf to go into the horde sweet and to prince. take whatever is there to help the Geats and sustain their people. So he does, even though stealing from the horde is what got them into this trouble. Yeah, but the dragon's dead now. Well, yeah, but maybe the dragon has a mom. You know what? <laughs> like, did Didn't we think not about learn our lesson mom. from the first we, time? We specifically, we specifically know the dragon doesn't have a mom. The dragon, this is the, the last of its kind. Or the last of... Well, of that's what they all race. think until mom rises to avenge the death of her child. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But, it so, could be right. Wiglaf does talk about, um, in his 
rebuke, I guess, of the other people who left, who then came back. And they're like, oh, dragon's gone. Sweet. Oh, Beowulf's dead. So sad. He talks about how now with the dragon gone, now with Beowulf gone, the dangers of the rest of the world are coming for them. So it's not over. There are more battles to happen. There'll be more danger. Outside people can now come get at the Geats where they couldn't before. Whether if it was the dragon or or if it was Beowulf or whoever, it doesn't matter. It's now everybody is susceptible. Yeah, nobody's going to dragon country, especially if there's a hero like Beowulf there too. Yeah. You know, like... I will say though, Beowulf... Can't stop here. This is dragon country. Beowulf's death scene is like Mark Antony long. Yeah, yeah. Boy well, lingers. I, I mean, as well as it should be. I mean, title of the poem. And then they build a funeral pyre. And they burn him. Yep, they, they ensconce him with worldly goods and they set him on fire. And a geet woman sang. And so it ended. Bum, bum, bum. That's Beowulf. That's Beowulf. And that is that is Beowulf in a shell. In a shell. Um, and it, it's an acorn. It's an acorn shell. Um, but no, I I love Beowulf um, for what it is. It is, uh, you know, it's interesting. A lot of things only touch on, a lot of people know, oh, yeah, Beowulf and Grendel, and they don't know the rest of it. You know, because a lot of people out there, they only get that far in. It's true. Well, and if you have to boil it down, so you have to come up with two-minute story of what Beowulf is, which I I tried to do that to my with my kids tonight at dinner, and I will share with you their thoughts on two-minute Beowulf in the next episode. Uh, I'm excited to hear that. Yes, I will tell you uh, what Jamie told me Beowulf was about before I told him what it was about, so... You'll be excited. Oh, excellent. excellent. I want to know what Jamie yeah, has to pre, say. You got to come back. Got to come back for the next. Oh, I'll be back. Don't worry. I'm not going back. anywhere. Um, I'm all in for this. But if you have to boil down to two minute Beowulf, the story, plot, and themes, you can get them all done with the Grendel, Grendel's mother fight. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can easily cover what happens in this play in a very short amount or poem in a very short amount of time. Well, not just the action, like not just the action narrative, but you can hit on the themes, the, there's all sorts of stuff that are going on in here. Like the over Christian tones that are woven throughout it, that are clearly just like stamped on it. That's stamped on at the end. uh, And that's something I want to talk about too. um, In the next go round. That's a pin for me on this. But um, okay. Well, do you have anything else to add for this one, Cass? Uh I I she, She's I'm writing aware. down because I just said a pin. <laughs> okay, I was making sure. If I misspelled Did Christianity, you? it's your fault because you distracted me in the middle of that. Okay. Um Yeah. I read this one in high school. I don't remember how in depth we got with it. It's Im- it's an important work for what it represents to our record of the way we tell stories and the way that we capture the kinds of stories that are important to us as people. It's not, for me, the most interesting or complex story out there. No. 
but it's an important one to to look at and to be familiar with. Um, and I'm excited to discuss it a little bit further. I think there's a I think there's a lot that doesn't get covered by a lot of people outside of nerds like me who want to get more into it and like scholars that have to, you know, or like English, you know, English majors that are forced to, you know, look into it or people like Seamus Haney or, you know, uh, Maria Headley or J.R.R. Tolkien who do a, uh, a translation. I was trying to figure out what to use my Amazon gift cards from Christmas on. J.R.R. Tolkien's Beowulf. Yeah, I'm going to have to find that too. Um, I somehow completely missed the fact that they released his translation from like, he translated it in like 1926 or something ridiculous like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and it was not actually published until 2014. Okay. Which means he probably just did it for fun, which is the most Tolkien thing I could think of. Yeah, yeah. The pro- the professor there probably was just like straight up, yeah, I'm just going to have a good time. Uh, and then his... Beowulf. And then Christopher Tolkien, who's like, I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned there was a Tolkien one, and Han- Hannah's Hannah's whole thing about it was like, did he translate it to Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> so a friend of ours wrote something in Elvish on Facebook, and the little C translation popped up, and it worked. So huh. Tolkien's Elvish. Is recognized by Facebook. That's because it's a fully formed language. Of course it is. It is a fully formed language. You can write in it. So, but so is Klingon, and I doubt I could write in Klingon on Facebook. Yeah, but that's a failing of Zuck if you can't write in Klingon on Facebook. So, there was a lovely moment, and I really needed it this week. I've been feeling a little disconnected with Christmas, and there was a lovely moment on Facebook where Ryan's like... All right, guys, put up your favorite Tolkien quotes with the word bro after it. And <laughs> Lord of the Rings quotes ending in bro. It was two hours. <laughs> it was two hours of Travis, myself, Ryan, and Tyler, and a couple other people every once in a while putting up quotes with bro after it. Like, I am no man, bro. Or, um... It comes in pints, bro. <laughs> it comes in pints, bro. <laughs> what about second breakfast, bro? Like two hours, and it and it it is del- it was delightful. But it was late, it was a bro. moment that I personally needed to feel a little bit more connected, because um, that's where we find it, right? Speaking of connected, we should wrap this up. Yeah, we should. Um, so yeah, this has been Shakespeare talking about Beowulf. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Chase Greenley. Time to yeet the geek and get on out of geek. here. What would Beowulf do? This has been a Ghostlight Media Production.